Hey everyone, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing about some things that I've just recently discovered about my own life, about my own thinking, that in reality have been a detriment to how I've lived my life, how I've been a husband and how I've been a father and an employee and just a son of God. And I'm really excited to change an aspect of my thinking that is far more biblical, far more aligned with God's word, and far more, I'll say it requires much more faith, but that's what us believers do. As Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm really excited to dig into it and, and share with you folks what I'm learning. If you're new here, then welcome. We're so happy to have you. And if you have not subscribed yet to the podcast, then there's a little gray button. You can click the subscribe button, and that way you will automatically download the episodes as we release them, so you'll never miss an episode. Hey, I'm Elisha Voper. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited as you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! huge huge thank yous you guys you put up with all of the little glitches all of the problems all of the delays and you still totally supported us big time by purchasing the after the baby workbooks for him and for her and I cannot tell you what it meant all the analytics are delayed on Amazon so we couldn't really see if anyone had ordered or if anyone was reading them yet because they obviously hadn't gotten to you guys yet and a couple of you tagged us and showed us that you already have your books which is so exciting and then just yesterday Elisha and I were driving home from Bend in the car and we saw how many books you guys purchased this week and I just want to thank you guys so so much because it's make it really made like all the stress totally worth it to know that these are in your homes yeah it's so I don't know it's so humbling and it's so exciting to know that you folks are just supporting us in this way and obviously Katie and I's desire is that these these books these tools are of a huge benefit to you folks and I'll just Mm -hmm. say this as as a man, I'll say it as a man here, <laughs> Katie and I wrote these books together and deep down I was like, okay, it's a for her and a for him, but Katie's going to sell like 10 times as many as I am because I bet women are going to be way more interested in this than mm-hmm. men, even though I think I would have loved being able to read something like this prior to having my children. And I mean, I still do. I read it. I read it right before our, our third child. And I would probably have had to buy it, but if I got it in our home then you would probably read it. Exactly. And I'm sure that's what happened. But the whole reason I brought this up is because I've been grateful to see how you're buying my book too. I think I've only sold two more than Elisha. That's That's good because we definitely intended for these to be purchased together. So I'm really glad that's what you're doing. 
Yes. Obviously, it will help if one person in the relationship is applying these principles, but it's way more powerful. And you guys know this when both people are on board in a relationship. It's just so much more powerful. That's right. So... That made us really happy. So thank you guys so, so, so much. And continue to tag us when you get your books because we do want to thank you guys in person. Yes, thank you. I'll thank you all publicly now. (laughs) Thank you as a group now. But we love thanking you individually when you tag us on Instagram. Okay, yeah. so Katie mentioned uh, just now that we drove home from Bend, Oregon last night, and the we then the reason we are in Bend is because I was attending my father-in-law's man camp called the Academy, and many of you have heard us talk about Chad Johnson, my father-in-law, the Giant Five guy, and the Academy is an event that he's put on for seven years in a row now, and it's a Christian man camp really geared towards just equipping men with mindsets that set you up for success in your giant five and for and you know for for my father-in-law his giant five is his faith his marriage his children his physical health and then excelling in the workplace with his god-given abilities or, or excelling in ministry and we have adopted those as our giant five yeah they're so pretty we much say our... the giant five that's what we're talking about and uh and so that's where we were at it was a three-day event or two nights three days has it really been seven years yeah this was the seventh annual. That is crazy because you came to the very first one. I did. And we weren't dating, talking, anything. You had a buzz cut. Yeah. You cut all your luscious hair off. Yep. And you still look good. Well, how old were you then? I think, well, how old were you? I think I was, okay, yeah, it's fair, fair. <laughs> I know that you weren't eligible yet. That's why I'm asking. I think yeah. you must have been 17 I and I was, I was tw- 17. 21. Yeah. Yes, because then the next year we were talking and you didn't come. That's right. That's right. I missed that year. Thought you didn't have to come anymore. So anyways, that's what we were doing in Bend. And it was just a phenomenal job. My Thank you, my father-in-law. Thank you, Chad Johnson. You just never cease to deliver on impacting me. You You have such a huge influence in my life. And I'm so grateful every time you open your mouth and teach on the things that that God's put on your heart and placed on your heart. And for those of you that attended, I was it was so fun meeting some of you in person that even listened to this podcast and, yes, uh, and came out to the Academy. So awesome. We met David and John yeah. and who else? Chad. We yeah, met Chad. Steve. Yeah. A bunch of guys. Yes. I don't want to start naming them all. Cameron. Because, well, we knew Cameron for a long time. Yeah. You're right. We didn't meet him, but we got to like connect yes. with him yes. more, which was cool. Yes, that's right. Well, okay. If we didn't name your name, we're still glad you came. Yeah, I'm glad we met if everybody. Didn't name your name. We're still glad you came. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so just really fired up about this event, and so I'm going to be talking about one, uh, really a primary emphasis of the weekend, and that was mindset. And you know, we we titled this episode "Should Christians Believe in the Power of Positive Thinking." Because I don't know about you folks, but when I hear the term positive thinking, I would definitely attribute that term to maybe kind of a new age movement or secular humanism, um, you know, kind of at, at an extreme. And even though there is hard science to back up the power of your thinking and how that affects you on so many different physical levels, it's not it just doesn't stop in your brain and in your mind and your mental health. It does affect your, I mean, your mental health is huge. So if it stopped there, that would be more than enough <laughs> reason to, to treat it seriously. But it doesn't just stop there. It affects your physical health um, so much as well. And so, but, but with that, I thought that as a Christian, 
it's, I didn't know if I was above positive thinking. I just thought, well, no, positive thinking is great, but I'm into true thinking. I want to think of the truth. And a lot of times the truth in my mind wasn't so positive. And so I thought, man, you know, the positive thinking is great and it's helpful for those people that don't have the Lord and they're able to see material results here on this earth. But I've got true thinking and I'm setting my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Well, if that were the case, then that'd be one thing. But the truth is actually not always positive as we as we all know that. And so therefore, are we justified? Is, is it a justification for thinking negatively sometimes? So instance, the truth is not always positive. Well, Katie's going to tell us that because there is a filter that that uh, that my father-in-law taught us to think through, to have our thoughts go through this filter that are it's not just true. The Bible doesn't tell us to just dwell on what is true. What does it say in Philippians 4, Katie? It says, so this is Philippians 4, 8, and we're reading out of the King James Version. So if it sounds old, it is old. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Wow. Do you want me to keep going? or No, I think that's that's okay. what I wanted to hear right there. Pretty power-packed. That is power-packed because it did not just stop at think on what is true. It didn't just stop there. It went through a whole list of how we are to qualify our thoughts before we let them come into our, our head, come into our brain, and take root in our mind and start shaping how we think. And again, had you asked me prior to this weekend, are you thinking positively? I would I would have probably been honest and said, well, well, no, but I'm thinking truthfully because... In fact, you would say that to me sometimes wow. when I would like, be like, don't say that about yourself or whatever. You'd be like, well, it's true. Yep, that's right. And so often we can stop it just, it's true. Yes, exactly. And especially over the last two or three months in the season that Katie and I have been in, and, and many of you that listen consistently are probably well aware of the fact that We've been, it's been up and down. We've been tossed to and fro very, very much emotionally. And uh, it's been more or less a challenging season for us, probably more than less, but it's been a challenging season. <laughs> it's been a really good season too, but we've had to really, I would just say we've had to really fight to maintain that joy and that positivity because I don't think it has been fake. We've had a really good times over we, the last couple months. We have. And I, and I think that that's in spite of my negative thinking. And I've mm -hmm. really allowed myself to go to bed at night, dreading the next day because I'm uncomfortable with my job, uh, dreading going to bed because I'm having a hard time sleeping over the last few months, dreading going to bed because I always wake up with a headache when I don't sleep well. And, and I would go to bed just telling myself, ah, here we go again. Like this is, I'm, I'm so bad at sleeping. I'm not doing well at my job, man. This move is not going well. I'm not feeling as fit as I am used to feeling and just running through the list of all the things that once again are true, but that's not what I'm commanded to think on. And of course, if I start thinking that way, like even the, the, you know, these positive thinking people have found that becomes your reality. You start living in to the things that you are proclaiming as being the case in your life. Mm -hmm. So how do how do you combat this? How, how are ways that you don't just stop at true, but start thinking about what so whatever things are lovely and of good report and if the things that have praise and virtue and that are just? Well, I think too, just with that truth is 
Satan loves what's true because we all have weaknesses. We all have insecurities. We all have holes. He takes a little bit of truth and he twists it Hmm. and uses it to tear us down. I just think of that so much of Satan's lies, I feel like, are based on a little bit of truth Hmm. when it comes to cheap substitutes that he has out there in the world. Yes. You know, when it comes to power or money or sex, you know, these things that are big drivers in culture, he takes a little bit like God created sex to be an incredible thing. That's a truth. And then I feel like Satan will twist it and show all these versions that are going to bring death to a relationship. Or the same thing with money. Money can be used in a very positive way. It's a gift. But I feel like Satan twists it again. That's right. And he can take those little insecurities we have or a true statement like I'm having a hard time sleeping and have us focus so much on that that we lose. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) I kind of stopped my analogy there because I (laughs) broke down. But yeah, you lose hope. Exactly. Or you could tell yourself you're bad at something, for instance, and he'll just keep hammering that home instead of thinking, how can I improve? Or I have the power of God or, you know. That's right. And I think that with the negative thinking, I think I was well aware of the fact that I was speaking negatively to myself. The things that I was telling myself and the things that I was dwelling on were negative but I accepted it and said, well, once they're not true, then I'll stop meditating on them. Once that's not my reality, then I'll stop telling myself those things. And I don't, you know, Katie, you talked about Satan twisting truths. And I think that this is so, it's so common in my circle of, or I should just say in my life, when it comes to my faith, when it comes to the salvation that's in Jesus Christ, because I know for a fact, I almost feel like this sense of righteousness or, or nobility when I really speak poorly of myself as a person, I say, man, who, who am I that God would love, love me and start, and start really thrashing myself, man. Oh, wretched man that I am, you know, you identify, yeah, that Roman seven, that's so me. I'm so the Roman seven guy, or I start saying, man, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And maybe you folks listening are saying, well, yeah, all, all those things are true. And, and again, that's a, that's, it should go without saying that we are undeserving of God's grace. But the fact is, is that we do have God's grace. That is the old man. That is, those are things that are passed away. And I can't believe how much, I, get, I can't believe how much of my vernacular is built around this language of who I was apart from Christ. And yet I still talk that way. I still say, man, I just keep falling over and over again. I'm so undeserving of God's grace. Oh, wretched man that I am. I'm, I'm the scum of the earth. How, you know, I'm such a terrible person. This is what I'm telling myself thinking maybe it'll motivate me, thinking maybe it'll get me out of ruts and walking in a straight and narrow path. And so you say, well, what's the alternative to that? Because if those things are true, what else can you say that's not a lie? Well, we can also think that, oh, maybe the Lord thinks this is a good thing that we're acknowledging our depravity apart from him. Yes. Well, exactly. Because you, when you hear people that maybe don't understand the grace of God or their need of a savior, it's kind of repulsive as a Christian. People that say, hey, I just need to love, love and accept myself the way that I am. And they've got no faith and they've got no repentance and, they've, and, they, not, and they are not recipients of God's grace. You think, oh, man, that's sketchy business. People that say, hey, just take me, accept me for who I am. I need to love myself. I need to, you know, you need to love me for, for who I am. I don't need to change. But that's not, as believers, 
we can get confused with this, I think. I know I have for a fact and say, well, I shouldn't love myself clearly. I'm supposed to, it's like, I'm supposed to despise myself, right? <laughs> well, no, we're supposed to despise sin, hating even the garments that it's stained with, like it talks about in Jude. But I'd found myself thrashing and flogging myself. And so why is this contrary to God's word in my mind? Because it's not talking, acting, or thinking in faith. And why do I say that? Well, Romans 6 is clear that we're dead to sin. So if we're dead to sin, why do we keep calling ourselves sinners? What do sinners do? They sin. Yep, sinner, sin. And if I'm dead to sin, why do I keep calling myself a sinner? Well, it's cool. you say, well probably because you keep sinning. I don't, man, I'm not going to base what I believe off of my experience. I'm going to base what I believe off of what God says. Because I love, Katie, would you also read this verse, Galatians 2.20? Yeah. So Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so we've heard that verse before. That's a popular verse. Katie, why, 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 before I say this, would you also go to Colossians 2.6? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Nice. So we've heard that verse, I'm, you know, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but it's not I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. So if I'm hating myself, am I hating the self that was crucified with Christ that no longer lives, or am I hating the self that Christ lives in, that's a redeemed new son of God, dead to sin and alive in Christ? Because that seems ironic to be hating that person. So you think, okay, well, but yeah, clearly look at your experience. That's not Christ living in you. Well, then what is Colossians 2.6 say, Katie? Colossians 2.6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So how did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? By faith. By faith. We received Christ Jesus the Lord by believing, by faith. And, and he says to walk in him the exact same way, by believing. Well, what do we believe? We believe what God says about us and what he said what he says he's done well i even think about how you were saying when we hate on the new creation we are in christ it's like we're spitting on the gift that god's given us Mm -hmm. like he said i've adopted you i've given you new life in me the holy spirit resides in you you have the power of the holy spirit and i feel like when we say oh i'm a sinner i'm a lame person in these ways yeah. yeah we're we're really rejecting that gift that he gave us. We're not believing it. Yeah. Yes, we're not believing that we have that gift. I, I totally believe that. And I and the reason I'm bringing this up is because that first part of the gospel is 100% true and entirely necessary to come to repentance, to realize your need of a Savior, to say, okay, me in my own power, in my own goodness is filthy rags. Me apart from Christ is the chief of all sinners. I'm just, I don't deserve anything. That's the first half. That's the first part of the belief. But then you come to faith, you're born again. And then what is, you know, I mean, again, just, I love Second Peter. It says that whereby are given unto us great and precious promises, the bodies might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Whereby, or then it says, are given unto, unto us. us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That's that new person which now. Which has called us to glory and virtue. Yeah, which is who has called us to glory and virtue. Yeah, I love that. Is that Second Peter chapter I don't know. 1? I could look it up, yeah. Yeah, another very good one. 
And so again, getting back to the positive thinking, because I know that a lot of this might, and again, I want to, I want to be the first to say, I'm not preaching name it, claim it theology. I'm not saying, okay, well, what's a positive thing I can think about and claim and God will bring to pass in my life. You can't say, I mean, I don't believe that this is biblical and I don't think it's of the Lord to say, man, God, I want this Mercedes. I speak this Mercedes over me. I'm going to think about it and you will bless me with it because you want me to have the Mercedes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about clear scriptures that Jesus Christ has, that God has said about us who are in Christ Jesus. That's what I want to dwell on. Again, my experience, does it say anything differently? It might, probably, yeah, it probably says something different. But I'm going to meditate. I want to meditate on the positive verses that God has said about me because going back to Philippians 4, that's that's how he commanded us to think. In obedience to God, I want to think of the positive verses. I don't just want to stop at true because it can be factually true but not positive. It can be factually true, but very destructive to our well-being. Yeah, there's so many things that are true that we shouldn't even talk about. That's right. They might even be true in our life. and we and, But if they're in darkness, if they're of sin, if they're not positive, and when I say positive, I'm going back to that Philippians 4, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, those, I mean, that, those are all a part of that filter. Yeah, that, truth is the coarsest filter. It is. It gets like it gets more and more refined as you go through. True, then honest. It's like a little more refined than just, and you go all the way down to like pure, lovely, virtuous, of good report, praiseworthy. Wow! And then it's like, okay, good, you got there. Now think about that. Think about it a lot. Think about it all the time. Anything that doesn't fit that, kick it out. Kick it out of your brain. And again, going back to the last three months, and I just feel like I genuinely need to apologize to Katie. Because my demeanor and my overall presence in this home has been heavily affected by me allowing such negative thought patterns into my life. And I even wrote some down. I don't want to dwell on these too long, but these are the things I've been telling myself for the last three months. So, I mean, when I say consistently, I mean, I'm talking just hundreds of times throughout the day, the things I'm calling myself in my head. Oh, you're such a bum. You're such a lazy butt. You're such a faker. You're such a loser. Pull it together. These are the things that just go, I'm on repeat in my brain. They have been for the last three months. Now, who am I going to act like in my home when that's what I'm just telling myself? That's who I'm telling myself I am. I'm not going to have the confidence of Christ. I'm not going to be walking in faith. The fruits of the spirit are probably going to be hard to find in my life. And so you say, okay, well, how do you combat that? What do you tell yourself? Well, I love that. Again, my father-in-law, he just catches himself by saying, thank you, Lord, every time he feels himself going to a negative thought about himself or about a situation. You say, okay, well, thank you, Lord. Well, what good is that to you? Well, first, it gets your mind thinking in a positive thing in what you could be thankful to the Lord. So you can say, thank you, Lord, that, oh, I've got self-control in the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I've got self-control. Thank you, Lord. I'm a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Lord. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Lord. I'm dead to sin. Thank you, Lord. I'm fully equipped to lead my home. Thank you, Lord. You know my circumstances far better than I do, and you've given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness to walk in these in a way that's honoring to you. It's funny because we were staying down in Bend. I was staying in my sister's room at my grandma's house, 
And my grandma had this bookshelf and there was a book on there called Why Willpower Doesn't Work. We've mentioned it on this podcast before. And I was like, oh, that's a really good book. So I just pulled it off the shelf shelf and was flipping through it. And it had my dad's handwriting in it. And it happened to be his copy of that book. And it was funny because the couple paragraphs I read were on this where the guy was talking about, I, I forget the author's name, but he was talking about a study that happened and whenever we are triggered to do something like for instance if we have a brain rut of saying something really negative to ourselves and that's just a go-to thing to do like we want to think better but it's hard because we have this rut these habits habits. when we're triggered to say something negative about ourselves don't have no game plan have it trigger a positive reaction instead of triggering a negative reaction Mm -hmm. and my dad had written in the little margin there thank you no way that's my trigger and oh. I just so it's so funny that you're saying this because I literally, yeah, just had read that in a book, and so I was thinking about it too. That's so good, and I'm I'm full on going to adopt that as my uh, I guess counter to all the negative thoughts. I want that to be my trigger word mm-hmm. when I ha- in my mind seem like I have plenty of reason to be negative in my thinking and to beat myself down. I want to go to thank you because one, it gets your eyes off yourself, mm-hmm. which is like the best defense of self you know, I guess flogging yourself and self-loathing. It's that thank you to God, looking to his righteousness, to his power, to his glory. And then you start thanking him for that. And so once again, I want to make sure I'm clear on where, where I stand on this positive thinking and how I think it affects the believer's life. Because I I know I, I want to walk in truth. I want so wholeheartedly to walk in truth and to believe what is true and to be planted on what's true and not be tossed to and fro by my feelings. So, like I said, my body almost is kind of, I I feel this repulsing against some of these things that I say that I think, well, that's not true about me saying I'm a redeemed son of God or I walk in holiness or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a peculiar person set forth to proclaim the glory of him that has called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light like it says in Peter, First Peter, I think, well, yeah, I mean, that's not me yet. Once that I say, once that's true in my life, then I'll start speaking that. No, I'm going to start speaking it now because that's what God said of me. He literally said that to everyone that believes. Those that are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. If you're not a new creation, if you don't believe that about yourself, then you don't believe the gospel. And you mentioned that name it and claim it theology, but there is something to, not when it comes to materialism, but... When we believe that the Lord has saved us, when we have that faith that not only are we saved for eternity, but that we are saved here on earth from our physical flesh and our desires and our tendencies to sin, then it's so powerful. And I just think of people that I've heard about who were alcoholics, could never quit. They get saved. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have the faith to believe that he's freed them from that sin. That's right. That is held them captive, and the next day they're free. That's right. For their whole life. And I just think that is so incredible because those people have that much faith. That's right. And I think the Lord is willing to give us. He has all the freedom. Like, he's given us that freedom, but we have to have the faith to walk in it. Yes. And I think part of maturing as a Christian is growing in that faith Hmm. because— it is a radical faith, and I think sometimes we can 
stay like babies in our faith and just believing God for a little bit. And that's really all we get out of this life. Or we can have faith that he's freed us completely and we can give an incredible life here on earth. Wow. I think you're so right, Katie. And, and, and again, going back to the, okay, so what effect does our, does our thinking have on us? And Katie, would you read another verse? And again, once the popular verse, we've all heard it, but I want to read it in light of this. And that's Romans 12 verses one and two, or really just Romans 12 verses, probably verse two. Okay, so Romans 12, verse 2, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. I mean, there you have it. If you want to be transformed, if you want to be a different person, a new, you know, if you want to start acting like a new creation, and come across to others like a just a remade person, the best version, or you know, just a not even a better version, just a totally better new person. New person. <laughs> uh, it starts in the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you allowing into your mind? And is it not? Is it stopping at just true? Are you stopping at a oh, wretched man that I am? Because I'll be the first to say you feel noble saying those things. You feel noble saying like, ah, oh, man, I'm such a loser. Oh, I don't deserve God's grace. So I'm so, I'm such a, I just always fall. I'm such a, man, I'm such a loser. I'm such a bum. I'm such a. And it could be so easy to do that, you know, from a woman's, woman's perspective. Yes. Like, oh, I'm such a bad wife or I'm such a bad housekeeper or I can't keep my husband happy or I'm such a bad mom. I'm so impatient with my kids. I, I'm a yeller. I snap, you know. Those are all things that we can tell ourselves. That's right. And regardless of whether or not it's true, it's far from fitting the Philippians 4 filter of being also lovely and of good report and having praise and virtue. And so cut those things out. And I'm telling this to myself because uh, had I had you had asked me who I was, you know, three days ago, say, okay, Elijah, well, who are you? Said, well, man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And what Christian does not say that? It seems so, like, theologically sound. And so, of course, you should meditate on that, right? Well, really? Should you meditate over time and time and time again on this statement that, yes, is true. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But what do sinners do? They sin. Mm-hmm. So why do I keep telling myself I'm a sinner saved by grace? And why do I keep expecting not to sin. And expecting not to walk in sin. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, who am I? Oh, well, I'm a blood-bought son of God. Who am I? I'm a new creation in Christ. Who am I? I'm somebody who's dead to sin because my old man is dead. I've been buried with Christ and I've been raised again with him. That's who I am. And again, I just really believe that you meditate on that and transformation does come. Anyways, this is what I'm thinking about. And, and again, this is really fresh on my mind now. So hopefully my thoughts weren't, were not too scattered and, um, and cattywampus. And, and I think maybe I'll just close with this. I don't know about you folks, but I'll, I'll dwell on the part of the gospel and I'll even speak heavily on the part of the gospel that I've seen to be true in my life. Meaning I'll talk about the part of the gospel. Like I said, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I didn't deserve any of this. It's his righteousness, not mine. I've got no righteousness. Uh, you know, he's, he, I'm justified. My righteousness is his filthy rags. Yeah. My righteousness is filthy rags. That's the first part of the gospel, which is entirely true. But then it's like, I'm waiting to talk about this part of the gospel of I'm freed from sin until I experience it in my life, even though that's just as evident in the Bible that that's a part of the gospel. I'm, I'm waiting to talk about this part of the gospel where I'm a new creation in Christ. 
even though that's so prevalent in the New Testament Testament about what is the part of the gospel. I mean, that's the part of the gospel. And so rather than waiting to experience these things for myself and to see them, I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to walk in them because as you received Christ, so walk ye in him. And I'm going to do it by faith. I'm going to do it by believing. And I'm really excited to do this. And it's probably going to feel funny to me at first. I don't know if people have, I don't know if you folks have done affirmations, but you know, you feel funny. You feel like a fraud saying, I will make a million dollars someday in my life. You know, you go to sales conferences and you say these affirmations and you feel like such a fraud. And you'd say, I am a millionaire. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I will. Yeah. So you're like, I I am am a millionaire. A blood bought daughter of Christ instead of I will be. That's right. Exactly. You have so to speak it like it's true today. That's because it is true today. And that's the cool part. That's the cool it, part about this. Affirmations, you're telling yourself that in in a secular sense, even when you tell yourself something that's not true as if it is true, it's proven time and time again that it often comes true. The it probability does. is way higher because you're speaking that over yourself. Yes. And that's so cool that who we are in Christ is actually true. So we really should focus on telling ourselves that because yes. it, it 100% is true today. It's true. Yes, it's true. And it's loveliness of good report. I think that for myself, instead of saying, oh, I'm impatient, being like, I'm a patient person. That's right. I have the fruits of the spirit because I'm a daughter of the high king and I'm a patient person. Amen. And by saying that, I can walk in that yes. so much more than if I say I'm an impatient person, I just go around saying I'm sorry all the time for being impatient. Like, that's not going to make me more patient right. saying I'm impatient. Right. Wow. That's really good. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for letting me talk about this, Katie. I know I talked a lot tonight. Oh, are you kidding? It's so encouraging to hear, obviously, from a wife's perspective and also as a daughter of God. Yeah. and, and Because I think all of us need to hear this. And I think sometimes we separate certain sins or certain thought processes as being more negative, but really it all comes under the negative. Hmm thought it's all negative it you is know, it, little negatives or big negatives it's all negative and the same thing that comes to sins sometimes we can feel like oh that's a big sin but i think of how many sins in my life i don't think are that big of a deal mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but they really are and i need to speak life into my life and in mm-hmm. what i'm believing mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis so it was really challenging for you to share what you're learning yeah, and I'm excited that we are on the team with this because I feel like we truly can speak it into each other. Yeah. Because I know that I'm still probably going to have habits, per- perhaps, that speak negatively and speak, again, those factually true things but that are not good and lovely and that really have no place in our home. And you can hold me accountable and I can hold you accountable in speaking to things that are true and just and have good rapport and that are lovely and that have praise and virtue, you know, and that fit that whole, I, I didn't say it all in the right order, but they have mm-hmm. that Philippians 4 they, they, they meet the criteria for that Philippians 4 thought pattern that we are commanded to think according to. Well, and I think of this even from a couple's perspective, how me speaking that truth over your life and believing that truth in your life and you speaking those, not just truth, but what you're sharing, those mm-hmm. positive things of who I am over me out loud and thinking those things can contribute to how you see your spouse too yeah. and in how they live up to that standard that you're believing they are. Hmm. Well, that's so good. And it's also just more fun to have <laughs> positive thinking in your home. True positive thinking. You know, positive yeah, thinking biblically is true. based positive thoughts. Yes, that's right. I don't want any 
fluffy stuff out there that's not true. I want it to be positive and true. That's for sure. Yeah. Right on, folks. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please leave a rating or a review. We love seeing those. And I just have to say thank you again. I'm blown away. I, I feel like we asked for reviews quite a few times quite a lot of times and you guys have just blessed us with so many encouraging reviews and i am shocked like this week just reading all the reviews that you guys wrote us just thank you so so much it means so much yes thank you bye-bye